What's our seat number? Bonus. I'm not supposed to do an intro. I'm doing a cold open now, yeah? Right. So I don't need to be all, like, pepped up. I only need to be like, hello, and welcome to What's Our Seat Number. No, no. no. That, that's me. That's all. Although, damn, I sound good doing it, don't I? I've got that under control. Mm, okay. How best to explain what happened with my cold open today? I feel like there's a there's way a that we could... Cold open? Well, I thought... I, th- I thought maybe we could sell the rights to the story to some big movie studio. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, I sat down, thought of an idea, and I was like, that's a good cold open. It's, it's interesting. It'll lead somewhere. And then I thought, Johnny's going to want to talk about that in movie news. That, that's that's actual right. news. And I asked him about it. And it's one of those things where it's like, if I hadn't have fucking said anything, I could have just steamrolled him and made him look silly. I would have looked very intelligent because I, you know, thought a couple steps ahead or it would seem like That's that. right. You gave me a chance to veto. Exactly. Uh, which I thought was the classy thing to do. So either way, the I come out thing, looking cool. The classy thing to do. Where are you from? Lancashire. <laughs> Cinema. <laughs> the classy thing. The class. The classy thing to do. So I did the classy thing. Mm-hmm. And, um... And here we are. So I tried to turn this around and I, I, I was like, okay, I got a really good idea. And <laughs> I like, I asked some friends, right? You guys listen to the podcast, right? And they went, yeah. Would you have any questions for Johnny, the filmmaker, that you would like answered on air? Okay. Um, one of them said yes. Okay. And, and the rest of them you fabricated? So, so no, these are all from one person because <sighs> he just very muchly had questions for you. Mm-hmm. So this comes from uh, Shakus. Of course it does. Um, and, you know, I just sort of said, think of it like a Q&A. Anything you ever wanted to ask the great filmmaker Johnny Gross. But too afraid to ask. Um, yeah, I've written here too afraid to ask. You <laughs> feel like you shit your pants when you walk by him because mm-hmm. of his awesome. Is that good enough? Do you feel sausaged? Good. So, one. Is there a scene that you wrote, filmed, or edited that you are particularly proud of? To this day, short answer, no. <laughs> Let me think about it. Hold oh, on. what <laughs> gold! I think it still goes back to the Dream Factory. Yeah, and it's the scene where they meet with the 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 antagonist mm-hmm. who runs the factory, and um, thinking Darth Sidious. Takes, if yeah, you've never seen it. And he takes uh, he takes the uh, the protagonist's pro- and he takes the protagonist's daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a it's a whole uh, dialogue scene. It's uh, it's pretty uh, pretty intense. Yeah. It's uh, some of our some of our best work. I agree. Yep. Um, so actually, I have a follow up question. To sort of pop off of that one. Uh, I wanted to ask you, like, so I have a lot of three D work that I've done or work on games that I've done, mm-hmm. where you know I'm proud of the work, but if I could sort of do it again, like be given you know the same budget. Um, but you know, just sort of do it again. What things would I have done a little differently to make it better? So do you have like, I think any, any filmmaker, no matter what you do, if you're working in Hollywood or you're working in the private sector, like, uh, like I do, um, they're, they're always going to say to you that there's absolutely no project that they've walked away from completely satisfied with. Um, and there's a lot of variables in that. I mean, if you're, if you're talking about, um, something that you've written and directed and seen through from beginning to end, uh, on your own sort of recognizance, as it were, um, then you're going to have interference from the money man. You're going to have interference um, from 
uh, just generally people uh, around you. If you're not Christopher Nolan, Steven Spielberg, Quentin Tarantino, et cetera, et cetera, and you've not got um, complete the complete and utter trust of everybody around you, yeah. then they're going to question things. That's not the same as people coming and suggesting things. Um, but, you know, I've had... Uh, uh, in general, I've had a lot of things sort of slip through my fingers because mm-hmm. of that kind of thing. And in this uh, in this case, you know, working in the private sector, it's the client. The client's yeah. the one that's paying. The client's the one that has, uh, that has ordered the job and has given you the, uh, the outline for the job. And they normally uh, sabotage themselves. <laughs> right. <because laughs> and it's my fault. It, well, um, I get what you're saying about the client. Right, they're, they're they kind be, of they kind of don't they don't really listen to you even though you're the there's professional. A, yeah, there's a fine like, line between uh, this is the product that I'm looking for and actually taking the advice of somebody who knows what they're doing and mm-hmm. is a professional um, and uh, and sort of adapting themselves to that yeah. because sometimes you could say this isn't going to work for this reason, this reason, and this reason, um, and there are some there are some times where you know, you have to adapt yourself to the client and go, okay, well, this is what they want and I have to try it. Sometimes it doesn't work and, uh, and sometimes they, they completely ruin the, uh, the project that they've, uh, that they paid for and sometimes they're blissfully unaware of that. If they're blissfully unaware of it and they think, wow, that's amazing. That was a, I told you that was a good idea. You're going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You just smile, pocket the check and, and, and walk away. Right, but um, like when you're yeah. not talking about projects that are freelance, you know, because right. my, my sort of, stance on that is the same like i wouldn't have made those choices but at the end of the day it's not really my thing like Mm -hmm. you made most of those decisions so it's like you know when it's a personal project like let's come back to the dream factory there's there's a whole section there that was cut we started like trying to find solutions Um, and that was like it it was almost half a day you want to talk about the monster it was it was the monster right and we we'd it, it basically looked a little bit goofy once and and we were planning on covering yeah. it. I was doing VFX for the film, so you know, I was there on on the set, and I was like, "Well, um, we, we should can, we, we should, can try we and add film." That and... This is a, a film that I made with my wife, and it was her thesis project for film school. So it's a it's a film school. Uh, yeah, movie. it's a film school project. Um, and she entirely paid for it out of her own pocket. I co-wrote and directed with her, and uh, and edited uh, the project. Um, and throughout, because I wasn't part of the film school, nobody knew who I was. They were, they didn't they didn't know me in in uh, in a professional sense. Mm-hmm. So I would get second guessed at every turn, and she would defer to me because she was a film school student and I was actually working. Yeah. So I I knew how to do certain things that she was worried about realizing on the screen. And and I knew how to do them fairly cheaply and I knew how to how to to sort of do these little tricks here and there yeah. uh, that would uh, that would allow us to sort of make this movie on the cheap and make it look good. Yeah. And the thing is that when you're when you're in that situation, um, that's why going back to the uh, to the whole thing about trust is nobody trusts you to make those decisions. Everybody's coming at you and you're ta- I'm talking about the sound man is giving you advice and yeah. the uh, you know the actors start uh, start telling you where to put the camera and uh, you know etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So what happened was that the uh, the cinematographer decided for for no reason whatsoever that while we were storyboarding that he thought there should be a scene here where they're getting chased down the corridor by a monster. Right. And he had an idea of what he wanted that monster to look like. And we fought him a little bit on it. We said it's not the pacing, it's not 
there's no precedent for it there's no reason for it it doesn't come from anything it doesn't lead to anything and uh and it's probably going to look like crap what he thought was to put a um a fan like the skeleton of a of a sort of a large fan on uh, on a stick yeah and cover that with a cloth and give it like red led lights for eyes yeah. And it was just, I just knew that unless we shot it in complete darkness and all you could see were the eyes, it was going to look like absolute so, rubbish. So let me tell you where I come in on this story, right? Yeah. Is because this met me at the final, like the tail end of my college studies, my right. first 3D course. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I really came into my own on 3D until like I learned Blender in my second course. So th- I was like still very new to everything and and they asked me if i wanted to do the vfx and i was like yeah that'd be cool um and i was there on the day and i kept on hearing throughout this whole process like oh they'll fix it in post in post in post and it's the thing that you hear all the time oh we'll fix it in post and it's 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 the it's a nightmare it's just the the nightmare phrase Um, so my my uh, challenge every time was tell me how you are how we are going first of all it was me that was doing the editing yeah and it was you that was going to do the, the visual effects so every time somebody said oh we'll fix it in post with after effects how's that going to work how do you think that's going to happen you tell me now step by step exactly how we're going to fix this if we don't get it in camera now and we don't do it in a certain way that the vfx artist which is you is going to be able to work with it then how exactly since you're the one that's saying we'll fix it in post, not you, the yeah, whoever yeah, yeah. it was on the set, you tell me exactly how we're going to fix it. That was my challenge. Um. So I, I came in, I think I did like a couple of, I did have a couple of arguments yeah. like on the set with a couple of people who were saying, well, why can't you just do this? And I'm like, well, why can't you just do this? Like, it's it's not as it easy was, as it that. Was and intense, it was intense, man. It was a it really was intense shoot. Intense. I remember we, we parked outside our apartment mm. um at, at the uh at the either either it was the beginning of the day or the tail end of the day i don't even know anymore it was yeah. it was winter and it was dark um no it was summer we shot it in summer right yeah it was yeah, in yeah, the summer yeah, um so I, I i can't remember if it was the beginning of the day or the end of the day but i remember we we my wife and i had a massive argument now we we're, we're fine working together yeah we're we're great working together but that one moment we just had we just like let loose and started screaming at each other. I don't think it was anything to do with us specifically, and we yeah. weren't arguing about anything in particular. But there was this buildup of tension, and it's it's exactly the reason why I decided not to try and pursue um, whether in this country or in the states or in England or anywhere else. Why I didn't try and pursue narrative filmmaking yeah. as a as a career because. It's just, it's so much stress. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's not really worth it. Especially if you've got a family mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and you're happy and you're just trying to make ends meet and whatever. What you're going to be doing is you're going to be working your ass off day in, day out, nights, weekends, constantly. Never see the people you love and probably scraping by trying to pay the rent and trying to pay the bills etc etc and it's just it's really it's really tough i i'm I'm not don't want to discourage anybody who wants to get into it but um it's uh, especially in this country it would suit them if they're not in the same i'm sure uh, i'm sure life situation but in this country specifically we tried to get a a feature-length version of the dream factory off the ground and there were lots of people that were interested we were in a good place to get that done we started writing the script uh, we had a whole outline. We knew exactly where we wanted it to go. I've still got it in my head. I know exactly what, how to adapt that into a feature-length movie. 
And my God, we got discouraged. It was a yeah. few months we got discouraged. We went to a very big uh, uh, production company and we basically got the idea from them and from everybody else we spoke to that we were going to be the uh, the chess pieces, mm -hmm. making it happen, fighting the war. And they were going to basically take every decision out of our hands because they were putting up the money. Right. And they wanted to change the story. They, wanted, they, they kept saying it can't be a two-hander. It's not a buddy movie. It's a fantasy movie. You can't have both, uh, both the, the father and the daughter be the protagonist. It has to be one or the other. Yeah, you're looking at me in, with that confused but, look on yeah, your face. It's, but it's really I, interesting because if you were to go and pitch that sort of thing now, what with The Last of Us and other shows that have done right, that sort of thing? Right, it's like so you, we had a lot of arguments. And at the end of the day, I think we decided when our first kid was uh, was in utero, as it were, um, we decided that um, that it just wasn't worth it. And, you know, we should just sort of focus on, you know, getting by, making money and um, and mm. paying the rent, basically. So, so the monster scene is what the you monster would have scene, yeah, 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 yeah. The the point is that we let the our cinematographer kind of walk all over us. Yeah. In a few respects, one, um, we I said to him that we need to use a jib. A jib is a crane for anybody that doesn't know. It's a it's a it's a sort of miniature crane, and uh, and the idea it's also something you can like the cut of. Yes. Um, yes, indeed. Uh, <laughs> so the uh, the idea was to um, to sort of. Um, buck the trend of student films where everything's sort of locked down. Um, you know, sometimes if you, you have a little bit of camera movement, it's a panning shot. Yeah. Um, and it, I just wanted to have like some movement, give it some cinematic life. Yeah, you kept on bringing up Spielberg because of the sense of adventure. There were certain that, things that I wanted to do. There's like a way the push that, in on, yeah. on their faces when they see the factory exactly, for the first exactly. time. Now, our cinematographer didn't understand what I was talking about. Um, and, and you could have done it with the jib quite quite easily. Mm. Um, but he would move the, the camera on the jib. We didn't have anything else. That's all we had, basically, mm -hmm. was a jib on a tripod. And he kept moving it for everything when it wasn't necessary to move it. Mm. And he would do these slow movements. And I'd keep saying to him, maybe we should try it like this. We should try it like this. And I think maybe I was a little bit too timid with him because he was, quote, unquote, more experienced. Yeah. And uh, and I'm a cameraman as well. And I said to him that this is the uh, this is the way that I would shoot it. And he was a bit um, uppity about his uh, yes about his about his job. Um, so the issue was that he sort of shoehorned that scene, and it was half a day's worth of shooting. And in the end, it got cut. And I saw that it wasn't working within the cut. It wasn't working out of the cut as well because it was the first thing I cut together. I I kept. I think I was like also asking you. To cut it because I was I was a hundred percent sure because what they were saying to me was you that can they, enhance it. They they were saying you could make it you know like a CG kind of monster on top, and I'm like, are you high, you people? Like what do you? Well, I mean they were, weren't they? Right, um, but you know, but at is, the time is, you weren't doing full on characters like that. You 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 created an I had environment. Done one that was mm -hmm. it at that point. I right. that. I just finished one. The pirate. The pirate. Mm -hmm. And that was nowhere near the level that it like, wasn't like, rigged no, though. It, it wasn't ready to animate by that point either. What the pirate? Yeah. Um. No, but by the time the college came to the end, it was right. Like, but know. I'm saying you wouldn't been able to knock up in a couple of months a fully CG. And, I wouldn't Monster have been able. Or alien. I wouldn't have been able to do that, nor would I have been able to do all the other shots that I was doing. Right, right. We it should. Was we should. All of the time needs to be spent on right. that. 
We should note that this was in 2016, mm-hmm. 2015. Yeah. No, now I have all that, that experience and stuff. Right. So, so yeah. yeah. So we, we ended up cutting that because, uh, because it didn't work and it didn't look good. Um, and I showed it to a bunch of people. <laughs> in general, it just didn't, it just didn't, uh, didn't fit. Uh, but again, I mean, now I look at that and I'm going, okay, well, I'm kind of proud of that, that, that movie in general. Yeah. I, uh, I like that I, that I was able to do a little bit of that. And in my, in my work, I've done quite a bit of narrative stuff, but it's been in the framework of something else. So I did, uh, for the, for the education ministry, I did a bunch of things that were scripted, but they were for either ads or instructional videos or something, something like that, that, that ended up having characters and actors and, and, uh, scenes that were constructed. I ended up doing a, a series for, uh, for, it was for a local TV station. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got a budget to, uh, to make a series and I edited all that stuff. Um, and, and I enjoy that and I actually am much better at it than I am at the promo stuff and the, all that yeah. stuff that I do, uh, that I do nowadays. I feel like I'm, I'm much better when I'm constructing a scene and telling a story in a think, more straightforward sense. I think you're a sense. fantastic storyteller. Thank you. Um, but I, yeah, but it's, uh, I think that when it doesn't come within the framework of something else, that there is a, a very specific pre- uh, arranged budget that you know that I know how much I'm going to get paid yeah. and and I know when this is going to end and uh, you know it's uh it's a it's a sort of a finite thing rather than a movie that could go on for months or even years and I might never see a penny yeah <laughs> is the Hi, uh, welcome to uh welcome yeah. to game dev as well exactly so I uh so while I'm happy that I got to do a lot of that kind of stuff and I sometimes still do it's uh it's very very difficult in a general sense to be a uh, a, uh, to be a narrative filmmaker and uh, and still be you know working <laughs> daily. Right. Anyway, I think I think I went off. Uh, yeah, I think I went off uh, off the rails there a little bit. But anyway, if this is interesting question to you, question three of the questions that Shaq has asked. How, no, three of how many? Six. Oh my god. Okay. No, no, we can. We can. I'll, just, I'll try and. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. We can just do the okay. the next one and that's it. Okay. Question three. Um. What are must-watch movies, in your opinion, different from favorite? There are so many that it's just impossible to list them all. Right. So I could say The Godfather. I could say Jaws. A lot of movies that came out in the 70s and the 80s, to be honest, but that's just me. Uh, but I, I think The Godfather, I would say that uh, if you want to see somebody who is just... Exp- somebody who's who doesn't really know anything at this point in his career and is experimenting and doing things that he didn't know that, uh, that, you know, that, that people more experienced would go, I can't do that because that's not allowed. Mm-hmm. And that would be Citizen Kane. I think he experimented a lot on that movie and that was his, uh, that was his explanation for it. It was, it was like, I was much braver because I was dumber right. back then. Um, so Citizen Kane is one of those, I would say it's a wonderful life is something that, uh, that, in general, is just a, a really wonderful. Um, well, it's oh, a wonderful. It's life. Wonderful. Yes, it's uh, first of all, it's a right it's again. a feel good movie, but also like it's a, it's a really great character study of being able to sort of slowly but surely rip a character down, and then and then just like show him exactly how how good he has it. Yeah. Um, it's just a it's a, it's a it's a great that whole thing that I was talking about with the Shawshank Redemption 
of having everything seem hopeless and then um and then giving you just like a tiny little glimmer of hope yeah and then in the in the worst circumstances possible like for example in a in a prison on death row mm-hmm. you're uh, you're giving you're giving like that little glimmer of sunlight um and i and that's a wonderful narrative um convention that um that i i just i really get a kick out of seeing it's the same thing if you look at something like ted lasso yeah. And how um, Hannah Waddingham's uh, character is uh, is such a cold-hearted um, person <laughs> until, you know, this Ted, who's this ray of sunshine, who himself is going through a huge amount of crap, um, starts to, starts to sort of warm her, her up and yeah. chip, her, chip away at her um, hard exterior. Um, and it's just like, it's just something that, uh, you know, if you, if you like pay attention to it, you'll notice it being used and you'll probably get cynical about it. But I, I'm, I'm never cynical about it. I think, I think it's great. Um, I so, love Ted Lasso. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to watch something that's just kind. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, you've got, um, establishing character in a, in a proper way that, um, that sort of makes them three dimensional and their relationships believable and makes you care about them before unleashing a, monstrous shark on them um some right. you know that's uh that's I, I think that that's a it's a master class in 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 character it's a master class in suspense and that is jaws um and uh and i think or deep blue sea or deep blue sea <laughs> yeah aliens my head is like johnny. a shark's fin deepest <laughs> bluest my head is like a shark's fin johnny is saying to the alien you should watch one of the greatest spielberg movies ever made before right. Spielberg was, you know, the Spielberg that we know the, today, yeah. right? The and, pinnacle and, of adventure yeah. movies, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I, yeah. c- I could go on, I could go on. I'm not going to, but I, the, the, there are so many uh, movies out there and it's not, there's no right or wrong answer, you know. You, so pointless yeah. for you to answer it. Absolutely. Okay, that was nice. Thank you. Bye. Oh, bye. Drop page. Warbucks continue. <laughs> The Oscars were last week. Yes, they were. I didn't actually watch the Oscars. I didn't watch it, but I saw bits and pieces after f- my Facebook feed got uh, inundated with all kinds of bollocks. Yeah. Um, Another shite you haven't heard of. So everything, everywhere, all at once. Speaking of uh, the Irish, by the way, if you're just going to do a bad Irish the ba- accent there. The Banshees of Inisherin. <laughs> yeah, didn't win anything, unfortunately. Yeah. They were very upset. I think that uh, I haven't actually seen Banshees of Inisherin, but from what I hear... It is. Uh, it sounds like it's a better film than every, everything everywhere all at once, which is why I think um, the Oscars are a, a bunch of uh, rubbish. Uh, because yeah. it, it, it's really, it's not a gauge of, of what's good and what's not. Yeah. I think most years people are miserable about the Best Picture winner. It always comes with its fair share of backlash in later years. Um, the Shape of Water has, has met its fair share of backlash. There's also Chicago and Crash and all of those uh, Best Picture winners that have been completely derided in recent, yeah. like ever since. Um, so I'm not sure that it's necessarily a badge of honor I, to win Best Picture, to be honest. I, I, look, first of all, you can understand why it is, because people give uh, value they do. You know, they to do. two things. So if people put value in the Oscars, right, then right. there's value in the Oscars. But 
It's silly. It's, it's silly because you, you can't take something silly. like The Whale and compare it to everything everywhere all at once. They're no. two completely different movies. I don't movies. know that they're comparing. I think that they're saying, you know, these were good performances. Right. And we want to recognize that, which but I think is a nice thing. But if you put all of those best pictures in the same category, you're pitting them against each other. So you're yeah. not kind of comparing. You're saying, this is better than this. All of these people voted. It's basically what, what the Academy voters liked. Yeah. You know, so it's all opinion. Yeah. And it, it's people use it as a gauge. It's like a, it's a badge of honor. Oscar, Oscar Academy Award winner Jamie Lee Curtis. Now she's an Academy Award winner. She won for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and a lot of people but are maybe saying she deserves that her, it perform- for her performance. But that's the thing. It's not necessarily for her performance. It's because she was due an Oscar. In the same way that The Departed oh, wow. wasn't necessarily Martin Scorsese's greatest directorial achievement. He should have won it for Goodfellas. He could have won it for Mean Streets. He could have won mm. it for Taxi Driver. He could have won it for, for fucking uh, Hugo uh, Cabret. Is that what it's called? Cabret? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hugo Cabret and the Cabinet of Caligari. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. What the fuck are you talking <laughs> I'm about? I'm just talking rubbish <laughs> I, you see, that's what I do. I start off making sense. <laughs> you slide into <laughs> exactly because I don't really have anything to say. And by the time you realise that I've started talking bollocks, it's too late. <laughs> but I have things to say. I'm just being polite and I'm not interrupting you because that's how I was brought up. Okay, so we wanted to talk about Kihu Kwan, right? <laughs> right. Listen. Stop for a second. <laughs> Stop <laughs> fucking talking. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm in control, damn it. Of course you are. Right. This is what happens when you do a podcast on very little sleep. Oh, jeez. Okay. Yes. Right. Now listen. Mm-hmm. You're right about everything that you're saying, right? <laughs> right? Apart from the bit at the end that was just like it sort of just, sort of just <laughs> fell into babbling nonsense. no idea what you were talking about, but, right? I agree with you, okay? Yes. And I, I, do, I do think that the nice thing that has happened this year, right, is what you know, Brendan Fraser and Kihu Kwan. Right. And like the fact that, that these are people in Hollywood. Right. We're not talking about necessarily Jamie Lee Curtis and maybe Michelle Yeo, right? Right. Uh, Yo. Yo. Right. Um, Yo, what's it? Yep. Shut the fuck up. Like, cut that. Seriously, cut that. No <laughs> jokes. Cut that. Um, but like, you know, Brendan Fraser, what, he was blacklisted from Hollywood, supposedly. He right? wasn't blacklisted. They say that he was. Really? Because of the what happened with the Hollywood Foreign Press guy? Yeah, the the uh, the yeah. inappropriate right. and the pinching. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, I think the you know Key's story is like really, really, really. Yeah, it's a proper heartwarming yeah. comeback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And from what I understand, I he actually deserves it for his performance. I've seen like, the movie. You've seen the movie. I have. I have. What I have it think? on 4K. I uh, I I liked it, but I didn't. First of all, I was a little bit puzzled by it. Uh, everybody says they're puzzled. Yeah, by it. I want to know about his his performance. His performance is excellent, mm. but you have to be emotionally invested. I think that I need to see it again. Um, and I watched it, I think, I want to say like a, a year ago. Mm. So before any of this buzz or anything like that, it was one of those like, and, and people have been joking about it. There's a guy, uh, there's a guy on the empire group who's, uh, who's needling it all the time by saying, well, 
this movie, I didn't like it the first time I saw it, but now that it's an Oscar winner, I've completely done a 180. And a lot of people took him really seriously. If you know, if you know who I'm talking about, uh-huh. then you know you you know that he's he very rarely posts uh, anything seriously. Right. Um, he was being sarcastic about it, but it's true though. I mean, now that uh, now that it's gotten Oscar recognition, people are starting to change their minds about it. Um, and I never looked at it like that. I looked at it as sort of a, a sort of a quirky kind of. And a lot of people were saying that uh, it's the multiverse movie of uh, of last year. Yeah. Um, and and the, the implication is that Doctor Strange wasn't very good and uh, and this was so much better than it. And I, first of all, spoiler alert, by the way, if you haven't seen the movie. Um, but uh, it, I haven't. You haven't seen the movie. Okay, so I won't say what I'm going to say. But um, but yeah, it's, it, I think that Doctor Strange pips it for me. Okay. Mainly because... I'm more invested in those characters than I was in the characters in uh, in everything everywhere all at once. But, I need to watch it to to yeah. sort of like make my well, I, I think decision. I, I think I need to see it again. Um but I, I don't doubt that first of all, Jamie Lee Curtis's performance was great in it. Mm. I think that uh, that she's probably given better performances elsewhere. She gives a very quirky performance, it's very transformative and the Academy like that. Um you probably wouldn't recognize her at a glance because she looks very unglamorous. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think that she gives a great performance. Is it Oscar worthy? I don't know. I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, it's not my place no, you to, to decide, exactly. but you'll it's talk my... about it endlessly until you start, you know, right. Until I'm blown in the face. Uh, Ki, Ki Kwan's uh, performance is, is great. I think he, uh, first of all, he plays a lots of, a lot of different versions of his character, Waymond. Mm-hmm. There's one particular moment when I thought, wow, he's, he's doing really well in this movie. And it's the fact that he's very emotional as the main character Waymond, like the main mm-hmm. m- the main universe Waymond. And uh and he cries a lot and it's, he's he's giving a lot of uh a lot of like sort of you know uh emotional sort of acting. And in the uh in one of the other in the there's a universe where they're going to see a uh a movie that Michelle Yeoh's character is mm-hmm. starred in in the universe that she's a, a famous actress. And he plays this suave, um, he's dressed in a tuxedo. He plays this like sort of suave ex-lover of hers. And he's just, it's brilliant that he can make that transformation, mm. you know, because he, because the way that he talks and the way that he acts, he's a little bit nerdy. He's a little bit like, he's, he's, he reminds you of Short Round. Yeah. Um, and and that, that moment when he plays this sort of like suave, almost James Bond-like character, um, is like his voice changes posture changes he's a really fantastic actor mm-hmm. um and uh and i and i think that yeah he did deserve that uh, that recognition and he did deserve that uh that comeback um but anyway we're, we're I'm, I'm pleased that brendan fraser is starting to yeah. show up in more stuff and he's starting to look happier i still like haven't healthier. seen the whale but yeah i i want to i want to check that out it looks like he's uh he's really giving it 100%, 150%. i'm really happy to yeah. see that like even like I, i'm just happy to see him in movies again right yeah. Right. Um, they're making a big deal, the Academy, out of the fact that they are suddenly awarding um, sci-fi movies yeah. um, accolades, whereas before, you know, you had a, um, you know, the award for Heath Ledger for The Dark Knight and various various little blips here and there. Um, but since The Shape of Water, um, there have, there's been a lot more sort of uh, inclusion of uh, of different genres. You think that was the movie that? Um I, I don't that? know. I don't know. I, I my I don't retain 
that uh, that much information about the Oscars. Like if somebody was to say to me, name five Best Picture winners that were this, this, and this, I wouldn't be able to do it. Well, then you're obviously not a proper director. Some well, people not a would film say, buff. And then you'd have to you'd have yeah. to kick them in the nads because that's um, bollocks. Yeah, but um, but I, I don't Way know. I, I think it's it's definitely in recent years, and the fact that Angela Bassett was nominated for her role in Wakanda Forever which mm-hmm. is a Marvel movie. It's a very, it's, it's got a lot of weight to it because of Chad Bozeman's passing mm-hmm. and the fact that the whole movie is basically a, um, a tribute to him. But I think also she was nominated because she was due a nomination. So uh, she was very upset visibly <laughs> when she, she didn't, didn't get, get it. it. Um, but I mean, to be honest with you, it's not... I've not seen uh, Wakanda Forever. Neither have I. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it, but, uh, but I, I know enough about it to uh, to to say a few sentences a few about words. it. Yeah, say a few words. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I and a few words. Yeah. Nothing. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> but I'm I'm I think look, to be honest, want, be on, to be honest, it's uh, six of one, half a dozen of the other. This one could have won. This one could have won. I, I think if you if you uh, if you put all of those actresses together. Um, you know, you you realize that all of them gave a fantastic performance, and that's the that's the issue I have with the Oscars. Yeah. Is that uh, no one performance should outshine any of the others? Yeah. And they're all different as well. They're all completely different. Well, performances. you know, the way that society is going, at some point, everybody will win an award of some kind. They get participation awards just for sitting at the table. Right. I didn't get an award for sitting at this table. Um, Hugh Grant was he being a dick? Oh, on the red carpet. Oh yeah. Uh, look. Here's the thing. <laughs> On the one hand, yes, but at the same time, a huge, resounding no. <laughs> and I'll explain why. Item one. But I'm leaning towards no. <laughs> Are you saying that Count Dracula is our vampire? Yes. And no. Then what are you saying? I'm saying no. But I'm leaning towards yes. Then you're saying yes. No. Then it's no. Not necessarily. You sound dubious. No, I'm positive. Of what? My theory. And that would be? The theory of yes or no. (laughs) Yeah, just sort of like... (laughs) Item one. (laughs) Um, I just think that, you know, okay... You could say, on the one hand, he could have been more courteous. Yeah. Right? Um, They they were in front of the cameras. He could have sort of hidden it a little better. Right? Right. But the questions were inane. But also, at the same time, they always are. So you know what you're getting. Yeah. Um, What are you most excited to see tonight? To see? Yeah. Well, I know that you probably watched a few of the movies. Are you excited to see anybody win? Do you have your hopes up for anyone? Um... Not, not, no, no one in particular. Okay, well, what are you wearing tonight then? Just my suit. Your suit? Who yeah. made your suit? You didn't make it. Um, I can't remember, my tailor. That's okay. Yeah. Ta- shout out to the tailor. Yeah. Um, so tell me, what does it feel like to be in Glass Onion? It was such an amazing film. I really loved it. I love a thriller. How fun is it to shoot something like that? Well, I'm barely in it. I'm in it for about three seconds. Yeah, but yeah. still, you showed up and you had fun, right? Uh, almost. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. It was nice to talk to you. Yeah. All right, back to you guys. I think you need to, like, in general, anybody commenting on this needs to understand what they're commenting about. I am a Brit, 
and I can totally see myself in Hugh Grant. Um, not well, not that I'm Hugh Grant. I'm saying I can see the uh, the awkwardness and the the complete sort of deer in headlights kind of reaction to being interviewed on the red carpet. She wasn't asking him anything Hugh Grant specific, and he does have a couple of movies coming yeah. out. Um, so she could have asked him about that. What she ended up asking him was about his. 22nd cameo in the Knives Out sequel Hmm. um, which he said like I was there for a few hours you know didn't have fun did not have fun you know it was just like it was just a couple of hours I flew in I I did it and I I flew out again it's it felt like she didn't come prepared right that's what I'm saying she didn't do her research and and Daniel Craig wasn't wasn't lambasted for uh, for telling off that reporter who said uh, the Tintin premiere what's it like starring in a Steven Spielberg movie he said I was already in one I was in Munich you know I also did uh, I also did a, a movie with Sam Mendes called uh, Road to Perdition that was yeah. produced by Steven Spielberg that's what I don't like about reporters ones that don't do their homework and he got really upset about it which I can understand because the reporter didn't do his homework yeah. Craig plays Ivanovich Sakharine, the film's baddie and as hero Tintin is an adventurous reporter, we asked what annoys him about the press. <laughs> Nothing. Ask me stupid questions. <laughs> I love reporters. We believed him until someone else asked this. Has it always been a dream to be in a Steven Spielberg movie? I've been in one before. I mean, in fact, I've been in two Steven Spielberg movies. I've done Road to Perdition, which he produced, and uh, I did one called Munich. So, so, yeah. okay, That's what annoys me about journalists. Hello. <laughs> So, I mean, it's exactly the same thing here that, uh, you know, she was asking him completely inane questions and he was just being British about it. It's like, uh, you know, and responding with a, with a snide remark, which was, uh, who are you wearing? Uh, my suit. Right. <laughs> you know, just like a lot of random Just shit. like really, like, yeah. how do you want me to answer that? Like, yeah. what, what exactly are you bringing to the conversation that yeah. I'm not bringing right now? Yeah, and people yeah. are saying that he could have been a bit more gracious, but at the same time... He was he having he was be. having an awkward conversation, and uh, and he probably he probably felt that uh, he probably didn't know it was going to like blow up the way it did. Definitely. Yeah, but also like I'm sorry. Look, I know that we're in this sort of very oh yeah you you can't say anything. Don't say stuff. Don't open right. your mouth with things to say right. words. Like everybody has to be likable and cool and whatnot. And yeah, but, you know, obviously if he's being a bit of a dick and he's being rude, then nobody likes that. But right. it's also maybe that's just him. Like it you is. Know, it, it seems to be. That's, it that's seems to be. I've seen him in he's interviews. He's a grumpy before. twat. And like I thought that Daniel Craig was also like I think he was fed up of answering questions right. about James Bond, and right. so he sounded in in at least one interview a, a couple right. at the end where he was like, you know, just oh god, you know, and he couldn't be bothered. But he was still somewhat gracious with it. It's but he was be, he was being asked things that were Daniel Craig centric. I think that a lot of people stand on their on their high horse, yeah. <laughs> or sit on their high horse. Standing is probably dangerous. Probably don't. Yeah, stand don't on do a that horse. unless you're wearing especially a crash if it's helmet. High, especially if it's high. Um, <laughs> oh, if it's high. Speaking of which, um, animals oh, that high are high animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll get that. That's great. That's great. Good, 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 good. I think that in general, people that make comments about this kind of thing and judge and all that kind of stuff kind of what you've never had a bad day you've never like been every had day aw- is a bad day for me johnny <laughs> right well you've never had an awkward conversation every never been conversation is an awkward conversation for right me, johnny is that the issue is putting these uh putting all of these people on pedal stools pedal stools
What's our seat number? Bonus. <laughs>